Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today, what business needs most is creativity. So let's create AI with integrity, not bias. Security that hunts for threats in the wild. cloud management that requires less management and new ways for business to do business let's create at scale right now together let's prototype let's tweak let's test let's adapt let's create something that changes everything ibm let's create learn more at ibm.com Yes, yes, yes. We are we are back again, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, this is the Miller Frost show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, White Boy Malcolm X. And I hope you folks are having a grand gay old time this weekend. I know you folks over at the Bronx Zoo. You are definitely well, You were at least witnessing a grand gay old time according to the New York Post. Apparently folks, one gorilla was giving another gorilla a Lewinsky. And I believe it was a male gorilla giving another gorilla a Lewinsky. So those two for sure were having a grand gay old time doing that. Although I don't know if you folks over there with your kids at the Bronx Zoo if you were having a grand gay old time having to explain to little Timmy, little Sally what one gorilla was doing to the other one. That's what daddy makes me do to him to make him happy. Or that's what I make mommy do to make me happy. Something like that over at the Bronx Zoo. And as if you folks in Illinois especially in the city of Chicago as if you're not having enough of a grand gay old time with all those shootings going on in Chicago and we just mentioned that on last week's podcast how there were 58 people shot in the city of Chicago over Labor Day as if that's not enough for you guess what state has the most gun sales so far this year you guessed it folks Illinois like they don't have enough guns in the state of Illinois already. No. They are getting even more guns so they can shoot even more people, have themselves an even grander gay old time over there in the city of Chicago. Speaking of having a grand gay old time, White Boy Malcolm X, are you packed yet, sir? You ready to go? not even close. <laughs> yeah, me either. For you folks out there, and please, 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 please keep this a secret amongst us. White boy Malcolm X and I 
are about to have the gayest vacation ever, at least for the two of us. It's white boy Malcolm X's birthday coming up, so we thought we would go down to, and this is where I need you folks to keep it a secret. We are going down to the state of Florida for a couple of days. And if you're new to the podcast, the reason I'm asking you not to tell anyone is because, man, we mock those folks down in Florida, I would say, a lot. And that's putting it mildly. Now, I love the folks in Florida. Don't get me wrong. They are a lovable bunch of weirdos down there. But we do not want them to know that we are sneaking in. No. I'm sure a couple of them are a little butthurt that we kind of poke fun at them, lovingly, I would say, but we do kind of mock them from time to time. The last thing we need is for us to try to get off the plane and they catch us right there at the airport. They'd be like, Mr. Frost, Mr. X, get your asses back on that plane. Get your asses back to Boston. You are not welcome here in the state of Florida. But we are going down to Key West for a couple of nights, and then we're going to wrap it up with one night in Miami Beach. Like I said, folks, the gayest vacation ever. Well, I guess if we hit like Fire Island in Provincetown on the way back, that would truly be the gayest vacation ever. But for Florida, Key West, Miami Beach, we're hitting all the high points down there. We're not doing that on purpose. We just, we wanted to go somewhere for his birthday to celebrate his birthday. And neither of us have ever been to Key West. So we're like, hey, let's go down there. Miami Beach is just, well, we just tack that on just because it's close to the airport. And no offense to you folks down in Key West, but for me anyway, two nights in that place, that is all I need to see it one end to the other. But we'll see how that goes, and we will definitely report on that on next week's podcast, assuming we make it out of Florida alive. And one last thing before we jump into our news headlines. I just wanted to wish you folks, F-O-L-X, you folks in the Latinx community, happy Latin Heritage Month. And if you're not a snooty white liberal, I just want to wish you folks in the Latino community happy Latin Heritage Month. I had to start with the word Latinx, folks, because you know how snooty white liberals are. They hear the word Latino and they get really, really, really confused about it. They always get like, Latino, Latino, what the hell is a Latino? You got to throw in the word Latinx. That way they're like, oh, I know what a Latinx is. I'm down for the struggle. I love the BIPOC folk. So that's why we start off with Latinx, not Latino. But anyway, happy Latin Heritage Month to you folks out there in the Latino Latinx community. I would not be holding your breath waiting for Nancy Pelosi and her twin eunuchs, Steny Hoyer and James Clyburn. They're not going to put on a sombrero like they did the Kenty cloth for Black History Month. If they didn't show the gays any love during Gay Pride, they're probably going to ignore Latin Heritage Month, which unfortunately is about over. So let's go ahead and jump into our news headlines. And this first one is from Pink News. 
those girls over at Pink News. And how's this headline? We have to start taking biphobia seriously. And that begins with the LGBT plus community. I don't know how the Q, the questioning community, got out of that lecture, not being LGBTQ+, but I guess the questioning community, they're not as biphobic as the rest of us are, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe. Did you know, White Boy Malcolm X, did you know that it's Bi-Awareness Week? Or it was last week. Did you know that, sir? Me either. That is what bad gays we are, folks. Neither of us had any idea that last week was Bi Awareness Week. Maybe, White Boy Malcolm X, we can get some queen in Key West or Miami Beach. They can school us on all these different Awareness Weeks in the tribe. That way, we're not going to miss some upcoming Awareness Week that's going to hit some member of the tribe. I'm sure there's a couple of bi folk out there, just a little butt hurt that we didn't know about that. We did not acknowledge that on last week's podcast. I have to admit, folks, that I am a bit of a reformed biphobic. Yes, 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 yes. That is true. I do confess. I used to, and for those of you who listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you know this is true. But I used to call them the laziest members of our tribe. Why did I call them the laziest members of our tribe? I called them the laziest members of our tribe because they will do anyone. That is why I called them the laziest members of our tribe. They had zero standard. They would do anyone. That, to me, is kind of lazy. But then, folks, then I had an epiphany. What is lazier than someone who will do anyone. A person, someone who will do no one. And folks, we have people in our tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe, that will do no one. And we call them asexuals. So the asexuals, they took the place of the bisexuals as the laziest members of our tribe. That is why I call myself a reformed biphobic. But you bisexuals out there, and you girls over at Pink News trying to push this, no. Just no. If you're bisexual, you are only a part-time member of the tribe. It's kind of like being a part-time employee. You don't get any benefits. What is a benefit of being a member of the tribe? You get to run around and throw yourself up on a cross, crying and complaining that everyone out there is trying to get you, trying to oppress you because you are a member of the tribe. That is a perk. That is a benefit to being in the tribe, crying and complaining and being a victim. But if you're a bisexual, you've only got one foot in the door. You're not fully in the tribe. The only reason people tease you folks who are bisexual, who run around and call yourself a bisexual, they tease you because you can't commit. Either way, you can't make a commitment. 
you bisexual men out there, well, we all know what you girls really are. You are not fooling me. You are not fooling white boy Malcolm X. Everyone knows what you want at the end of the day. You just can't commit. You bisexual women out there, you run around and call yourself bisexual. So you and your girlfriends, you all can seem a little bit edgy. Kind of like Michaela Kennedy Kumo, Michaela Kumo Kennedy, whatever the hell she calls herself. Her running around, oh, I'm a pansexual. She just does it. And I suspect you bisexual women do it just because that's what you kids do these days. Being heterosexual, that's kind of meh. Nobody wants to be a heterosexual anymore. So you all run around claiming you're bisexual just so you can seem all edgy and cool to everyone else. Or, or you do it to keep your man happy if he wants two of you in bed. You're dating some sort of pajama boy with a fetish for two women. You're like, well, it makes him happy. Okay, dear, I'm bisexual. Let's get another chicken here. And white boy Malcolm X, just you wait until Pink News, those girls over at Pink News, start talking about asexual phobia or something like that. Start finger pointing at other groups in the tribe that we're not giving the asexual community enough respect. And with that, of course, we're going to get ourselves an asexual awareness week. Basically, where nobody is allowed to have sex just so we can all be asexual for a week. And that's when, as if I don't have enough already, I'm going to get myself another first-class ticket on a train to a re-education camp to get my mind right. This next one is from the Wall Street Journal. Adults are throwing tantrums in restaurants, planes, and at home. Blame the pandemic. So they want to blame the pandemic. Of course we should blame the pandemic. Everything, everything is COVID's fault these days. Hey, it's a convenient excuse. It's a good excuse. Have yourself a merry fit wherever the hell you want, in a restaurant, on an airplane. Throw it at home in front of your relatives. You've got yourself a get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, most of the time, in an airplane, they will lock your ass up once they get back to the gate. But for the most part, you can just kind of say, oh, it was the pandemic. I am so stressed out. So sorry. Boom. Everything is forgiven. I, of course, being the cynic that I am, I would blame what I would call an exponential rise in sociopathic narcissism run amok. In other words, a generation or two who have never had to hear the word no, who always get to hear how special they are. A participation trophy generation. Nobody knows how to throw a fit, have a meltdown, like a millennial Gen Z kid who don't get their way. Look at how they all act out on TikTok or Instagram, Facebook, whatever stupid social media platform they're on, when Starbucks is out of there. Caramel, macchiato, chai, whatever, latte. These brats will have a meltdown about something stupid like that. Anything where they don't get their way exactly how they want it. But for now, 
and God knows how long this is going to continue. Now they can blame COVID. I'm so sorry I smashed up your Starbucks. I've just been so triggered over COVID. So if you folks want to excuse this behavior, blame all these hissy fits on the pandemic. If that makes you, if that makes people feel better, nobody's self-esteem gets hurt. Okay, then. That is what we will do. From The Guardian, want to save the earth? Then don't buy that shiny new iPhone. Oops, too late on that one. I got that thing Friday afternoon. Man, I was, folks, I was hunting down that FedEx guy waiting for that package, waiting for that little bit of environmental destruction to show up at my front door. You got one as well, correct, sir? That's what I thought. So in this room, folks, we have two little bits of environmental destruction. And this article from The Guardian, folks, this is nothing more than a guilt trip to try to get you to not buy that phone, or any new phone for that matter. They talk about electronic waste, over 50 million metric tons of it in 2019, and your phone, you buying a new phone, of course, is contributing to that. Of course, they mention CO2 emissions. They cite a 2018 Canadian university study that estimated that building a new smartphone, specifically mining the rare materials inside those phones, that accounts for 85 to 95% of the device's total CO2 emissions for two years. In other words, buying one new smartphone, and again, folks, in this room, we got two of them, that takes as much energy as recharging and operating a smartphone for an entire decade. Do you believe that, white boy Malcolm X? Do you believe that making this phone, my iPhone right here, the energy used to produce that phone is as much energy as I will burn in the next decade, assuming I keep this phone for the next decade. Do you believe that, sir? Shoulder shrug. Why do I even bother to ask you? These are the same people, folks. The ones that are bitching about an iPhone, the energy used to create an iPhone, being as much as charging the damn thing for a decade. These are the same people that want you to go out and buy a Prius or a Tesla. Oh, we have to get rid of the internal combustion engine. We should all drive electric cars. Compare the little baby battery inside my iPhone. Compare that to the huge battery packs inside a one Tesla. My phone, I think that thing weighs about a half a pound. If that, and that includes the case, the glass, everything. My little baby phone, not even a half a pound. A Tesla, the battery pack in one Tesla, that weighs over a thousand pounds. Just the batteries, folks. We're not talking the seats, the windshield, the hood. Just the batteries over a thousand pounds for one Tesla. On top of that, all those electric cars, most people are charging the batteries on those cars 
from electricity that comes from burning either natural gas or coal. I could probably buy an iPhone a day, every day, and still not do near the environmental destruction as owning a Tesla. So you clowns over at The Guardian, nice try with your environmental guilt trip, but you silly girls are going to have to try a little harder next time. And I do love my new iPhone. And I cannot wait till the new watch comes out. And next year, not to trigger you girls over at The Guardian, but I am definitely getting myself an iPhone 14. From GQ, how little Nas X mastered the modern art of attention. Do I even, white boy Malcolm X, do I even want to talk about this queen? Ah, it's rhetorical, sir. Shut your mouth over there. Frankly, and no offense, little Nas X, meh, not really. I don't know, little Nas X. If you put a gun to my head and told me I had to list one of his songs, that would be it for me. I don't know the guy. Oh, by the way, little Nas X, if you're listening to this podcast, Welcome to the tribe. Welcome to our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. Almost forgot to say that, folks. I could be wrong, but I think he just came out of the closet. Either way, welcome to the tribe, Little Nas X. Anyway, I don't know the guy. I don't know one song that guy has ever sang, ever put out. But to me, though, just my opinion, folks, so don't get too triggered. He kind of comes off to me as the Demi Lovato of the gays. What? Low blow. (laughs) That's what you think. Well, hold on. Now that I think about it, I, uh, yeah. In fact, hold on, folks. I got to take that back. That is kind of a low blow to compare him to Demi Lovato. Sorry there, little Nas X. I... I do apologize for comparing you to Demi Lovato. You both are attention whores, but I will differentiate the two of you just a little bit. I guess you're doing yours to get your career a little bit more off the ground. She's doing hers to stop that ship from sinking. It ain't going to help her, but not my problem. So anyway, I, I guess it's working for him. So little Nas X, you go girl. You keep on keeping on trying to get that attention. And while you're doing that, I will give you this bit of advice. Do whatever you can to rake in huge money while you still got the spotlight, all this media attention focused on you. That rebel gay shtick you got going on there, dear, your 15 minutes with that, according to my watch, it's about up. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Marquis. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. We haven't had much news on the woke folk lately, so I've got not one, but two stories from Boston.com, and then I've got another one after that. 
It's kind of like the old woke news blocks we had back in the day. So we're just going to dig into these, see what the woke folk are up to. The first one we have from Boston.com, study. More people walked during the pandemic, but how much depended on their income level? And what those good woke clowns over at Boston.com, what they were looking at was a study called The Effect of COVID-19 Response Policies on Walking Behavior in U.S. Cities. And what that study found, folks, was that people in higher income areas, they walked a bit more during the pandemic. Poor people, on the other hand, those people in lower income areas, including, and this is what was most important to those folks over at Boston.com, including those neighborhoods with more BIPOC folk in it, as well as those suffering from long-term illnesses like diabetes and obesity, those folks, they walked less. Now, I am sure there's a joke in here about getting shot by walking around the south side of Chicago, but are we going to touch that one? No, not going there. But apparently, folks, Whitey, Whitey walks more than the BIPOC folk. Whitey likes to go out, get those fancy running shoes on, walk around his fancy, predominantly white neighborhood. They like to do that more than the poor people, the BIPOC folk, and all those other people with diabetes and obesity. If I know my folks over at Boston.com, if I know them as well as I think I know them, what we need here, folks, is walking equity. Kind of like the tree equity those good woke folks were kvetching about a couple months back. But we need, clearly, walking equity. If the BIPOC folk, they don't get to walk, Whitey don't get to walk either. I mean, I guess we could do some sort of free walking shoe thing for the BIPOC folk. Maybe give them an Apple Watch, try to incentivize them with free shoes and free watches to go out and walk more. But I don't know if that's going to work, folks. So we need an alternative. If we can't incentivize the BIPOC folk to go walk more, to have walking equity, just like chopping down the trees in Whitey's neighborhood to have tree equity, we need to disincentivize Whitey to go for walks. Perhaps, just an idea, folks, perhaps we should scare Whitey into staying in their houses. Kind of make all those good white neighborhoods a little bit like the south side of Chicago. Maybe, just an idea, folks, maybe we should go and shoot guns in white neighborhoods. Now, let me just set some rules down. Do not shoot at Whitey. Please do not shoot at Whitey. Yes, I know they are racist pigs, but please, 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 please do not shoot the white people. Don't do it. Also, do not shoot in the air. Those bullets need to come down at some point. God forbid a bullet accidentally hits a BIPOC folk while you're trying to scare Whitey. That would make a bad situation even worse. If you're going to go into a white neighborhood, scare Whitey into staying inside by shooting a gun, shoot the bullets into the ground. That is the way to scare Whitey. Whitey is in the house. They're probably making themselves a little cappuccino from the stupid overly priced machine. Probably making themselves some waffles from some $400 waffle machine from 
Williams-Sonoma they use twice a year. They start hearing gunfire. They're going to crawl under their overly priced kitchen table, hiding from the gunfire going on outside. They are definitely not going to put on those $200 walking shoes so they can go walk around the block. No, they're going to hide inside, helping, helping walking equity in the process. The problem I see, though, folks, what I can predict if folks go in and start shooting guns in white neighborhoods to scare whitey into not walking so we can have more walking equity. I suspect, folks, that whitey is probably just going to order themselves a treadmill or a Peloton, something like that to get around not walking outside. So Whitey will still be able to get around. Whitey will still be able to walk, but Whitey will never have to leave the comfort of their own home. If Whitey used to walk to the Starbucks, get themselves a macchiato latte, whatever, they can have DoorDash bring that to them right when they get off their Peloton. Of course, those clowns over at Boston.com, they will have a complete meltdown about exercise equipment in equity. Whitey has more exercise machines than the BIPOC folk do. So what are we going to do about that? We're going to have to send the BIPOC folk into Whitey's houses to break their Pelotons, break their treadmills. Of course, then Whitey, they're going to get themselves an alarm system to protect their Pelotons, protect their treadmills. And then, of course, those girls over at Boston.com, they're going to have themselves another meltdown about alarm system inequity. Whitey has alarm systems to protect their walking machines because they can't go out in their neighborhoods. BIPOC folk, no alarms, can't go out walking. And on and on and on, the cycle continues. Whitey is crafty like that, but you BIPOC folk, you good white liberals over at Boston.com, I'm sure you already know about that. And for our second Boston.com story, The Globe, yes folks, the Boston Globe, and Boston Black News launch community-focused radio program. We're going to help the Boston Globe reach Black Boston like they've never done it before. So the Boston Globe and Boston Black News, whatever that is, they are going to launch a community-focused radio program. Dear God, here go the white liberals. This time, those snits over at the Boston Globe, virtue signaling again. Oh, we want to do outreach to the BIPOC folks. We love the BIPOC folks. We're so down for the struggle. BIPOC folk, they are too smart to read the Boston Globe. I bet you folks anything. BIPOC, they pick up the Boston Globe. They only do it once. They start reading it, go, here go the white liberals again. The Boston Globe, that is the printed version of white women's tears. Oh, boo, boo, social injustice, boo, I'm down for the struggle. That is what the Boston Globe is, the printed version of white women's tears. Like I have said many times on this podcast, BIPOC, they don't trust white liberals much anymore. They know like the rest of us, that white liberals only carry on for two reasons. Number one, to virtue signal to other white liberals. Number two, to assuage their white guilt. That's it. 
That is the only reason that a white liberal will carry on. Now, the Boston Globe, the Boston Black News Network, whatever the hell that is, they may get some good woke folk like Ibram X. Kendi. They might give him a show so he can go out there and trash Whitey a different way in a different venue. Your average BIPOC folk, though, I don't think they care much for Ibram X. Kendi. No, white boy Malcolm X, I do not think that the average BIPOC folk, your average BIPOC folk in the inner city, I don't think they care much for Ibram X. Kendi, Taneshi Coates, definitely not that white interloper, Robin D'Angelo. Ibram X. Kendi, I'm probably going to get in a little bit of trouble for saying this, but Ibram X. Kendi is a token black for liberal white people. Liberal whites, they buy his books, they worship at his feet, again, for two reasons. To virtue signal to other white liberals and to assuage their white guilt. If you look at the polling, and there have been a couple of news articles about this recently, but if you look at the polling about defunding the police, your average BIPOC folk out there, they want the police. There was a Gallup poll. Black Americans want police to retain local presence. You would think from BLM, all those hysterical white liberal chicks running into the inner city to loot, riot, burn, have a grand gay old time in the inner city, trashing the place, probably banging a black guy or two just to piss off their parents before they rush back to their lily white suburbs. And the BLM folks, the ones getting hugely rich, selling all that woke crap like Patrice Kahn coolers, her and her wife in their four houses. You would think listening to them that BIPOC, they want the, they want no police in their neighborhoods. But that is not the reality. Your average BIPOC folk, they want popo in that neighborhood. It's all the dopey white liberals and rich BLM folks, you know, the ones that can afford their own private security. They're the only ones that want to defund the police. So you idiots over at the Boston Globe, you folks, you have fun virtue signaling to the other white folks, have fun assuaging your white guilt, but that stupid community-focused radio program, that shtick you're about to launch, that is not going to go anywhere. But bless your hearts, bless all your hearts for trying. And speaking of virtue signaling white liberals, white liberals who want to assuage their white guilt, how is this one from The Guardian? No more white saviors, thanks. How to be a true anti-racist ally. Do I need to say anything on this one, especially after the last two stories? No. If The Guardian is writing about fake white liberals virtue signaling to each other, assuaging their white guilt, you know, you know that the jig is up. So let's move on. Well, maybe I said that too quickly because folks, this is where the podcast, this is where it's about to get really, really, really rough. Yes, rough, white boy Malcolm X. Or tough, they rhyme, doesn't matter. You'll see, settle down over there. Play with your new iPhone, destroy the environment a little bit more. 
And I've got two stories, folks. Our last two stories that I have been saving these because, well, you'll see. From the Hollywood Reporter, former top ABC producer alleges Fredo Kumo sexually harassed her. And yes, folks, again, I do know it's pronounced Cuomo. I just like to say Kumo to insult that clown car of a family. Kind of like calling Chris Kumo Fredo Kumo. I get two insults into one. So the ABC producer in question, her name is Shelley Ross. She is a former producer at not only ABC News, but CBS News. Neither of which, let's be frank, puts out a whole lot of real news. But I digress. Anyway, Shelley, she writes a column in, of course, the New York Times, and she said that Fredo Kumo sexually harassed her when they were both working over at ABC. Apparently, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, at a party, he goes over, gives her a hug, squeezes her ass right in front of her husband. And I assume, since they're at a party, a room full of people. So that happens, and within like a day or two, he reaches out to her and apologizes. Fredo gives her a hug, squeezes her ass, apologizes. That happened, folks, in 2005. And yes, if you can do math, not woke math, but real math, even though we all know how racist math is. But if you do the math, that was 16 years ago. So 16 years later, out this comes, which means one thing. The mean girls, they are out to get the Kumo boys. Andy was not enough of a trophy. No, they want Fredo's head too. Now, before I defend Fredo, God, I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would ever utter those words. But before I defend Fredo, I will put in a caveat. If it comes out that he's been handsy gropey with a lot of chicks, just like his brother Andy, everything I'm about to say, forget about it. I am going, and I know this is stupid to do it, given the fact that he's a Kumo, but I am going on the fact that this is a one-time event. And I really shouldn't say I'm defending him in the sense of what he did. That is not defensible, even if it only happened one time. But you want to talk about trivializing the definition of sexual harassment. If you want to trivialize that, this, to me anyway, is a textbook example of how to do it. Again, I'm not defending what he did. You don't do that to someone, full stop. She should have, quite frankly. She should have slapped the hell out of him, stuck her finger in his face, right there in front of the room, her husband. Don't you ever do that to me again. I will rip your beep right out of your pants. That's what she should have done, in my opinion. That or file a police report. Guy got all over me, freaked me out. I want him arrested. No, not this one. Not Shelly Ross. She waits 16 years to write a column for those clowns over at the New York Times to make this an issue. I'm sorry, folks. I refuse to take these accusations seriously 
when they come out like this years later. It's like a lot of those teacher bait stories we used to report on. Teacher bait, teacher bait, teacher bait. Where, 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 where? Settle down, you high school teachers. There is no teacher bait here on the Miller Frost Show. What do I always tell you ladies? Never, ever, 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 ever get a boy to do a man's job. More Sebastian Stan, less little Timmy with two chest hairs. But it's like that. We had that story of that 16 or 17-year-old. He banged his teacher over a hundred times. He got a hundred orgasms, at least out of that woman. Then, months later, oh, she raped me. Oh, I was abused. Yeah, a hundred orgasms later, after some strip mall lawyer talks you into suing the school for a payday for the two of you, then having sex with the teacher was a problem. Not the first time she banged you, not the tenth time she banged you, not the fiftieth time she banged you, only when you thought the school district would write you a huge check did you think her touching you like that was a problem. Shelly Ross, now that she wants to be a mean girl to take out Fredo Kumo, now it's a problem that he grabbed her like that 16 years later. So Shelly, good luck, I guess, dear, trying to take out Fredo, darling. You better hope and pray. Please, sweet baby Jesus. Please, 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 please. You better hope and pray that there is a pattern there that a lot more women come out with the same story. Or everyone is just going to think that you're a bitchy, vindictive woman looking for an opportunity to settle a score. But in the meantime, have fun with that. And our last story is from Queerty. Those girls over at Queerty. And how's this headline? Wow, Megan McCain's meanness knows no bounds in vicious new op-ed attacking creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer. So Queerty, those bitchy girls over at Queerty are going after Megan McCain. And how's this for a pull quote? Despite her extreme privilege, Megan McCain is clearly a deeply damaged individual and her latest op-ed in the Daily Mail proves it. Now, I hate to agree with Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, but I do have to say this. They nailed it. They nailed it with that headline. Yes, white boy Malcolm X, they nailed it. You disagree, sir? Mostly. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, I can see the mostly. I'm not going to disagree with you there, sir. There is definitely extreme privilege. Plus, on top of that, a whole lot of nepotism going on there. You cannot tell me, folks, that she would be anything more than a store manager at some, I don't know, strip mall jewelry store but for the ruling class family that blooming idiot was born into. She is as dumb as a sack of hammers. And to all you sack of hammers out there listening to this podcast, I apologize. But Fox News, the Daily Mail, those dimwits, 
They quote her like she is Socrates. And for all you millennial Gen Z kids out there, yes, I know that Socrates is a dead white guy, so I apologize for not giving you a trigger warning before I mentioned his name. I would just say this, though, about Queerty, those girls over at Queerty in that headline. I just think, personally, my opinion, folks, and like I have a lot of room to talk on this, but I think that it was just a bit catty to call her a deeply damaged individual. But I'm not going to argue with them over that. It's probably... It's probably true anyway. So, Man, white boy Malcolm X, I never thought I would see the day where I had to kind of, sort of, a little bit defend-ish Fredo Kumo and, in the same podcast, agree with Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, about Megan McCain being a bit of an idiot. So on that note, since I cannot top agreeing with Queerty, those girls over at Queerty, about what a blooming idiot Megan McCain is, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your Sunday, a fantastic start to your week. We, of course, will be getting packed up to go down to Florida for a couple days. But again, folks, please do not tell the folks in Florida that we are coming. We do want to make it out of the state alive. And if we do, we'll see you back here next Sunday. In the meantime, take care. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org heart.